0: Who knows? We'll see. <clears throat> Hi, guys. Hi guys. Hi. How are we doing? Yeah. Guys, I, I I can't believe we lost the trash can game. Oh.
1: Hey, 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 hey! But what? What? You
0: know we, we are winning in the giving challenge right now. So I mean, we can. Um, but uh. We'll see next week. We'll see what happens next week after uh, we count. Hey, um, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was about to say. But uh, I want to say that we're glad that you're here this evening. I'm glad that everyone got here uh, safely. Um, before we begin and we, we just recap about last week a little bit, um, something new I just want to try. Uh, we did it last week and we're going to do it this week. Uh, we talked about, like, uh, action plans last week about how we can, or two weeks ago, about how we can serve people. And some of you shared some testimonies. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could share more testimonies each week of how God is working in your life and around in your life. So uh, if there's anyone in here, I know there's at least one person, but if there's anyone in here who wants to share a testimony, what God did this week or, or showed you this week, uh, we'll give you about a minute, top, and you guys can share a little bit about what happened. Anyone? Destiny, I know you got one, so. Come on up. It
1: is on. So, I go,
0: I went to school, to This so every
1: Wednesday two hours to take it off. So what show was doing is she has to be years. And um right now she's not. Uh, oh, she's lost her faith in Christ. So um she said to share that with you guys. So give us some prayer.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Destiny. Appreciate it. You're good. Thanks, Destiny. Appreciate it. Yeah, what was her name, Destiny?
1: Um, Annalise.
0: Annalise. So we're going to pray for Annalise and uh, her coming to know the Lord and also pray for a healing in her back as well. Does anyone else have anything they would like to share real quickly before we get started? Hannah, come on up. Come on up, Hannah.
1: Yep. So, I guess this has been
2: coming a couple weeks, but I have a friend in school. I go to a very small school. A lot of you probably don't haven't anyway, heard of it. But, anyway, I've gone to school with this girl for pretty much just my husband's first grade for a while. And um, she's been really struggling with anxiety and a lot of mental health issues. She has been for many years, but really stressed with it because, you know, it's new here, lots of big life decisions that you have to make. Um, and so, I felt like, um, God really wanted me to reach out to her, and kind of been playing that out of my heart since, at the end of last year, and so I decided to write a little unscrupulous note, and the just took her in her locker, and just see how she would react that, that would help her. And I really think that God has been working in her life lately, and she needs to be, um, really critical about it, so, I know, um. I'm hoping that God
0: will do a work in her life that will really help give her peace of mind and just want to know that she's able to come ahead and matter with her. So I just ask you guys if you could agree for her and think
1: of it. Awesome. What's her name?
0: Alyssa. 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 Right. Anyone else? Okay. All right. Well, guys, we are officially in the double digits of Mark. Mark chapter ten. Here we are. All right. Um, Sixteen. We still have a we still have a little while to go, but double digits. Mark chapter ten. Who would like to share with me something that they really took away from last week from last week's message? Travis, come on up. Yeah, come on up. Yeah. So what did you take away from last week, Travis? So, um, I hear this a lot, but
1: I really just love the that there is victory in Jesus.
0: Victory in Jesus and overcoming the sins that we talked about a little bit. Awesome. Cool. Good job, man. Here you go. This is for you. Okay, I guess you don't want it. Yeah, this is for you.
1: Wait, I got a free Bible?
0: Not a well it's a devotional a battle call it's called Battle Prayer Battle Plan for Prayer, and there's a Starbucks gift card in there. Yeah. Alright. One more person. Anything they took away from last week. Wait, <laughs> time? Tim Landis, come on, no, just kidding. Uh, um, v- Vincent, okay, come on, Vincent, come on up. Okay, so what's something you took away from last week's message? I
1: um, you know we were talking a lot about um, if your arm causes you sit in and have a dog behind that they're really talking to set more boundaries in life, more like simple things. Like, mm-hmm. You need to be like, able to work again. Like, right. You need to be able to not be stressed all the time. And
0: I just didn't awesome! Praise God! There you go, man. Thanks for sharing, bud. That's it for tonight. So, but you can share. You can share in small groups and, and everything that you're taking away from next week or from last week, and what you're taking away from tonight's message as well. Here's the thing: um, How many of you got a sheet of paper? Raise it up, sheet of paper. Raise them high. All right. So, I, I first want to say I'm really proud of you guys for last week. I'm really, I'm, seriously, I'm really proud of you guys for last week. For those that were here who took notes, I, I, when I talked with the leaders, um, it seemed like there was a lot of encouragement. Oh, did we miss some people? Maybe
1: um,
0: We heard that you guys took a lot of notes, and there was a lot of great feedback. So, I really appreciate that. And here's the thing. I hope it wasn't just for the candy. Um, I, I hope that it was to to, to learn and to, to grow as well and also um, enjoy some of the candy that you got as well. Um, but ultimately, we want to see you grow in your relationship with God and knowing what his word says and how you can go out being a light for him in this world. And so I encourage you again this week, if you're new or you weren't here last week, I encourage you to write notes. We're not going to force you to take notes, but we encourage it so you can always go back and be like, ah, yeah, that's something like, yeah, like that. You take notes on your uh, phone or on that sheet of paper that we gave. Um, And I'll reiterate, like I said last week, you can't write notes like Mike wore a striped shirt or the theme. The theme is called Exploring Mark and and Eva played the guitar for the first night. Like You can't put that in your your notes. So we really want you to focus in on what we're, we're learning in God's Word today. Uh, how many of you have a Bible? Yes. Whether it's physical or digital. All right, you guys are learning. All right, if you don't have one, I know in front of these seats, I just left them under the seat. So if you don't have one, you can get a physical copy up here or you can share with your neighbor. And some of you may be like, but Pastor Mike... You're gonna have them on the TV screen. Why do I need a Bible? Because I want you to follow along. I want you to highlight. I want you to underline and circle some of the big things that we're talking about so you can go home or you can go into your small groups and have these conversations and say, this is what really, uh, stood out with me. So we're in Mark chapter 10. And if you're following along on a digital copy, on a digital copy, uh, I'll be reading from the ESV translation. So Mark chapter 10. And we're going to read the first 16 verses. You guys ready? Yes. Yes? Yes. Yes. All right, let's go. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 1. And he left there and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. And crowds gathered to him again. And again, as was his custom, he taught them. And Pharisees came up, and in order to test him, asked, Is it lawful for man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. And Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a male shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. And in the house the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when, when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you that it is by your grace and your mercy that uh, we are gathered here tonight, Lord. Uh, Father, I think all of us, if we're honest, we come in here with a lot of distractions in, in our hearts and in our minds uh, outside of tonight, Lord. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that uh, you just take away all those distractions. And that we can be centered into uh, what the scriptures have to say tonight, Lord God. And I pray that all of us in here have ears to hear and hearts that are open to to receiving your your word and to receiving your truth, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I I ask for your power to to speak tonight in truth and love, Lord God. And I, I pray that we can come away here tonight understanding how you have defined marriage, Lord God. Not culture, not man, but ultimately you have defined what marriage is about. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, some of you right now be like, "Are we really going to have a marriage talk?" We <laughs> are. And and, so, and hold on. Yes, yes. Oh, nice! Congratulations to hear that your dad's getting married soon. Yes, Kayla. Woo! All right, so. You're, okay, some of you are like, are we really going to talk about marriage? Because some of you, all, all of you are all in different spectrums. Some of you are like, guys have cuties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, 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 or girls, they have cuties. I don't know, that's what we would say growing up. Uh, <laughs> I guess that means I'm getting old, I guess. That's, that's the language that we use. Um, Alright, so some of you are there, you're like, yeah, dating, I don't want anything to do with it. Guys, girls, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, some of you are at a stage where you're like, and let's be honest, some of you, this has happened when you've come to, to here to Student Ministries. You've walked in for the first time, you're like, oh, he's cute. Oh, she's cute. Or in school. Uh Some of you are laughing, and you're like, hmm... We know, we watch. Anyways. And then there's some of you in here, let's just be honest, some of you are actually dating. There are some of you in here that are actually dating. Shhh, eyes up here, eyes up here. Up here. Yes, we can have fun. Let's, just focus. let's bring it in a little bit. Focus. Wherever you are in the spectrum of when it comes to relationships and girls and guys and If you think they all have cooties or not. Most, if not all of you, at some point in life, unless God has truly called you to a life of singleness, but I'm going to place a bet that most, if not all of you, in this room one day will be married. And some of you are like, no, that's not going to happen. I bet you two years from now, you're going to come back and be like, Pastor Mike, I have a crush on this girl. Let me tell you about it. (laughs)
1: No, no,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> you say that now. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyways. Why
1: would
0: we tell you? I'm talking about the guys telling me. You might tell the girl leaders, Oh, I met this guy in school. I saw him at my locker. I thought he was cute. Like, Anyways.
1: <laughs>
0: Listen, this is a hard topic. i got to make it fun for some of you guys, right?
1: I... I, I
0: Anyways Here's my point. At some point, as I said, if not if most, if not all of you, will be married. And if you are dating, maybe you have even thought about like, hmm, is this the person I will marry? No no. Let me let me ask who is here. This is really stretching it because it's now two years since I've been here. But who remembers the relationship series we went through? Like my first six months ish in. Yeah. Okay. Adam, what was the what was the one thing I talked about when it came to dating? If you get this, I will be really impressed. What was the main goal for dating? Yeah! Thank you. Alright, someone was paying attention. Date. The goal to date is to to lead to marriage. Yes. Anyways. So the goal to date, the goal when dating, is to get married. Now. In culture, there's a lot of different things out there when it comes to marriage and how marriage is defined here in the 21st century, and it wasn't different in the 1st century when Jesus was teaching. As we see here, Jesus is in an area now where he's teaching, and, and this is just a sidebar to it, when Jesus is teaching, we must be learning. When Jesus is teaching anything that we read in God's word, we have a responsibility to learn what he's teaching us. And by learning, I don't mean just head knowledge and memorizing a couple of verses. What I mean is that you learn what he says and we apply it in our lives. And so Jesus at this point is teaching his disciples. We don't necessarily know what he was teaching his disciples but the Pharisees, and we're going to guess the Herodians as well, are hearing Jesus teach in the area that he's at. And who remembers about the Pharisees and the Herodians about a month ago? Alright, got a couple hands up. Do you guys remember when I talked about even though the Pharisees and the Herodians hated each other, they hated Jesus more. So they became good friends to, on a plot to kill Jesus. You guys remember that? Okay, so we're at a point now in an area where they're literally trying to see how they can kill Jesus. Right? And the reason, and and the reason they bring up this question about divorce, and I didn't put this in the scriptures, but leaders, if you want to look through in, uh, it's either in Matthew, Luke, or John, in in one of those books, about John the Baptist, about him being beheaded, I'm just going to go through it quickly. In the region that Jesus is teaching right now, was the same region that John the Baptist was teaching. And this is also the same region where Herod the Great was ruler, okay? Remember the Herodians? The Herodians want to glorify Herod and his political power, right? So Herod's in charge. John the Baptist is teaching. And John the Baptist actually told Herod, and listen, you can't marry your brother's wife. Herod got a divorce and married his brother's wife. And John the Baptist said, you can't do that. And while Herod was intrigued by what John the Baptist said, he didn't really listen to him. And so what happens one night, Herod is having a party, and just being honest with you, he probably gets drunk. Not probably, he does, he probably drinks a little too much. Gets drunk, and he has this girl come in, and and she's uh, doing a dance performance. And Herod says, hey, you can... If you ask for whatever you want, because it's your birthday, I'll, I'll give it to you. Now she's she's hold up. Now she's young; she doesn't really know what to ask for, so she runs in inside and says, "Mom, Harry just told me I can ask for anything. What should I ask for?" And mom says, "The head of John the Baptist." I know Travis. I see you up th- back there. Like I just want to tell you, can come preach this if you want. No, okay. Um, <laughs> And, and, and that's what Herod did. While he was intrigued with John the Baptist's words, intriguement only went so far. He, he wasn't convicted. He didn't repent of his sin. As a matter of fact, he, he was more concerned of what the woman said, and John the Baptist's head was beheaded. He was gone. Served on a, on a golden platter. Now, I say all this is because in the same region where John the Baptist was telling Herod, don't do this, you can't... Mary, your brother's wife, you can't file for divorce. The Pharisees and the Herodians say, Ah, we know what happened to John the Baptist. Let's try to tra- trap Jesus and see if we can sa- see the same thing happen. And again, we have no idea what Jesus was talking, but they bring up divorce and they ask, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And as we read, Jesus answered them, What did Mo- Moses command you? I love, I love. If there's anything else you can take from Jesus, if anyone asks you a question... Just answer back with another question. Like if I ask Tim, does this shirt make me look big? Okay, thanks Tim. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Does this shirt make me look stupid? Anyways, look at that. So, so the point being is that we can learn that we can answer a question with a question, meaning that sometimes we don't always have to ask answer the question right away. Let me give you an example. For me personally, sometimes people have come up and say, "Well, why do you believe in Jesus?" And I've had to ask them, well, "Why are you asking?" Like, are you asking because you truly, honestly want to hear and you care and you you're, you're, you you want to understand, or are you just trying to start an argument? Because if you're trying to start an argument, I'm not not here to get involved with it. Anyway. So he, he goes back and says, What did Moses command you? And the Pharisee said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. So where they're quoting this from is in the book of Deuteronomy. So we're going to go to the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 24. Deuteronomy 24. And if you've hit numbers, you've gone too far. And if you hit Joshua, keep flipping to the to the left a little bit more. And Deuteronomy is there. Deuteronomy twenty-four, starting at verse one, and talks about divorce. <clears throat> you guys there? Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her. Highlight, circle, underline that area. He has found some indecency in her. Some translations say uncleanness. Something negative about her. Highlight, circle that section. And he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hands and sends her out of his house. And you shall not bring sin upon the land that the Lord your God is giving for an inheritance. Okay, so they're saying, listen, Moses gave this uh, commandment to us that we can do this. And before Jesus' time, there were two rabbis who had different viewpoints. Remember where I just told you guys to highlight and circle that whole part about indecency or uncleanliness or being unclean? How many of your translations say unclean? Okay. So we're just going to use that word unclean for a second. There were two rabbis who preached, one the one preached, if she's unclean, divorce her. And on the other side, the, the, the rabbis said, if she's unclean, divorce her. And some of you are confused, like, what are you talking about? You just said the same thing. No, in context, they didn't mean the same thing. The one rabbi was very conservative and sticking to the scriptures. He preached, if she's unclean, meaning if she committed a sexual sin in marriage, that you can write a divorce. And Jesus actually talks about that in Matthew 19. On the other hand... The other rabbi was preaching it a different way about uncleanliness. Here's, here's some examples of what he said. If your wife or your husband burns a meal, you can find her unclean or him unclean and divorce her. If that was Rachel's mindset, we would have gotten divorced two weeks into our marriage. <laughs> because I can't cook. Alright, I'm just saying. But that's not our mindset. Praise God for that. Here's another one. If if the man, let's say the man was in town with his wife, and he's walking along and he sees a woman who is he in his eyes he thinks is more attractive than his wife, he can file a divorce, saying I find you unclean, divorce her, go marry the other woman. If the husband and wife got into an argument, and this is all in the, this rabbi's teaching, if this man and woman got into an argument, and the woman got so loud and angry, the man can say, I find her unclean. I'm going to give her a divorce. What's that? It's the man's fault. <laughs> it's the man's fault. It's both fault. But anyways, um, here, here's the thing. Not much has changed in the 21st century when it comes to defining marriage or, or as a matter of fact, of the, the willingness to just get divorces. And, and maybe in a culture where maybe you are in a stage where you're like, ah, do I want a date? I'm not sure yet. What would marriage look like? We need to be careful with culture is trying to how culture is trying to define marriage. Because at sometimes, sometimes culture will say, Ah, just do whatever makes you happy. How many have heard that one? Okay, okay I'm just gonna be honest with you. There are some things that you're gonna do that just aren't gonna make you happy. There are some things in life that are gonna be hard and tough, and you're gonna just have to go through it. And just because and what's caused with that bad thinking of just do whatever makes you happy is that it's very easy for people to just quit. They they quit the sports that they do, they they quit the, the band that they're in, they quit marriages because the husband or the wife didn't quote make me happy. And we see Jesus here, he says, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God then made them male and female. Therefore man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So Jesus doesn't even answer the question with this, like, oh, what do you say about divorce? He goes back and reminds them, "Um, you're the Pharisees, you're the ones who, who have memorized these scriptures, you know what the scriptures say. But let me just remind you back in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 of what God says about marriage, which we'll go there. Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 27. If you don't know where Genesis is, it's the very first book. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, we go to Genesis chapter 2. And leaders, I actually encourage you, if you can, to read Genesis Chapter 2, starting at verse 4 all the way the, to the end of chapter 2, if you can. But I'm just going to focus on uh, verse 23, uh, here in Genesis chapter 2, to the end. Then man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she, has, she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and were not ashamed. Okay, a couple things you need to see here in what God is defining marriage. First and foremost, marriage, according to God, is defined as a man and a woman. That is marriage, according to God. With man and a woman. And you're like, but my culture says it's between a man and a man and a woman and a woman. I don't give a rip <laughs> what culture says. Pardon that. If you're professing to be a Christian, if you're professing to be a follower of Christ... God's Word and God's authority. God Himself created man. He created all things, including marriage. He says that marriage is between a man and a woman. And the other thing that we see here in regards to marriage is that they will become one flesh. They will become one flesh. And sometimes it, when it comes to this one flesh thing, it's really complicated sometimes to, to explain. But some people have this idea that uh, with marriage, it's one individual, one individual, and it's one marriage. And that's it. No, the, the, the term here, they shall become one, if you look at the, the Hebrew in that, it means to like fuse together that they literally become one. And so, when the time comes, if, by God's grace, that you do get married, you'll be fused together and become one in just many categories, but here are just some. You'll be fused together emotionally, physically, socially, Economically and spiritually. This is why the scriptures say it's very important to to honestly not marry someone who doesn't have the same beliefs as you. And you're like, oh, but Mike, they're so cute, or she's so cute. You don't understand. Yeah, but does, does he or she have the same morals? Does, does he? Have, does he or she have the same? principle views that you have that the Bible says? Because if they don't, it's going to cause some damage and friction in your relationships. Socially, what about the friends that you guys hang around with? Is there a crowd that they like or they don't like? Emotionally? If my wife is hurting, I'm hurting. If I'm hurting, my wife is hurting. Some of you guys, most most of the leaders in here are married here, so that they hopefully have an idea of what I'm trying to uh, communicate here tonight. <clears throat> Let me talk about this one thing for a sec. Fuse together physically. <clears throat> Let me be the first to say that I do not claim to say that mine and Rachel's marriage is perfect. Because we're two sinners. We, we've, we've had arguments, we've had disagreements, uh, and that we've had to go through, and, and I thank God for uh, His grace and mercy for allowing us to, to, to go through them. <clears throat> One of the, the, the things that was on my part that I had to bring in and confess to Rachel before, was the fact that I had mar- or, I'm sorry, I had sex outside of marriage. Before I met Rachel, before I even knew Christ, I had sex with multiple women. Not proud of it. It's hard to talk about it. It's a little embarrassing. But it's by God's grace that I have the opportunity to share with you guys the, the brokenness that I went through so you don't have to go through that landslide, that landmine. Because here's the thing, and I'm going to talk to the boys for a second. Boys, look up here. You are not a man based on how many women you sleep with. You are not a man based on how many women you sleep with. I don't care what you hear in locker rooms, I don't care what pressure you get. It doesn't make you manly. It actually causes a lot of pain. Causes a lot of hurt. See, I'm a little fired up about this a little bit. Because I don't want you to ever be in a place that I was. And here's the thing. The reason I did it, and I don't know where everyone else is in their life right now. I don't know what... um, struggles you may be going through. But one of the reasons why I did it was because I found no other way to receive love. I I grew up in a broken home where sexual sin actually has destroyed my my parents' relationship and we, we pray that by God's grace and mercy that he's going to fix it and come in. Because of the sexual sin and the, and the miscommunication that has happened in my family's life, it also caught, those consequences came on me where I didn't feel loved, and the only way I thought I can feel love is by committing those same sexual sins. You Maybe you're thinking, "Well, Pastor Mike, I don't, I don't sleep around with any girls. What are you watching on your screens?" And this is for both the guys and the girls. What, what are you watching on your apps? What are you watching on the internet? Because here's the thing. Pornography is a terrible example of trying to figure out what marriage is going to be like. It is. And if you think, oh, well, there's only a couple times I watch it now, Pastor Mike, and if I start dating or if I get married, I I won't watch it anymore. What are you going to do when you have an argument with that girl? What are you going to do when you have an argument with that guy and you're like, oh, they're not making me happy? I can tell you right now what you're going to do. You're going to go back to the thing that has made you happy, and it's watching what was on those screens. And what's on those screens cause a false expectation of what you think marriage is going to be like. It actually is a false expectation of how relationships are to be like. Girls, if if a guy ever texts you and says, hey, send me pics, or you have to sleep with me, you said you love me, run away. Run away as fast as you can because he doesn't love you, he doesn't respect you, he doesn't care about you. He only wants one thing and that's to please himself. A true man, a true Christian man, if he truly loves you as a, as a woman who truly wants to date, will treat you with honor, will treat you with respect, will treat you with dignity, and will not pressure you to do things like that. And to the guys, you, you create this false expectation of how your potential girlfriend or potential wife is supposed to treat you. Or better yet, how you're going to be able to treat them and, and make them, um, you know, somehow, somehow you can lord over them. Listen, Eve wasn't created from Adam's head or from his feet. She was created from his side, from his his ribs. You become one means you work together. And tonight, my goal is just to really define and let you guys know that God has defined marriage, not culture. But but I also want to say this because someone can hear this, and I don't. Again, I don't. I don't know where a lot of you are right now when it comes to this. Maybe you do watch pornography. Maybe. You have had sexual relationships outside of marriage. And you may be thinking, well, Mike, what is considered sex? Sex is sex. There's no borderline. Don't, don't, don't try to cross the borderline. okay. But I don't also want anyone to go away feeling condemned and put down and feeling ashamed. Because there's been many teachings on this where people feel so ashamed and feel downright dirty that they don't have the courage to come talk to someone and helping them battle through the addiction that they're dealing with. I said it before, all of us in here are sinners. Welcome to the club. But it's by faith In Christ, through His grace, that we are made new. Turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, starting at verse 9. Romans 3, chapter 9. (laughs) Yes, sir. <laughs> when then are we, Jews, any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all both Jews and Greeks are under sin. Highlight, circle, underline that all both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, none is, is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. may be held accountable to God. For, works, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Let me just stop there for a second. Let me just summarize what Paul is saying here for a second. All of us in here fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sins. All of us are, have sins in our life. We commit a sin every single day. And if you're like, ah, no, I'm good. I'm a good person, Mike. First John tells us if you say you have no sin, you are a liar. And what Paul is saying here in this section is that all of us are going to be held accountable to God on the day of judgment. Whether that means Jesus is here now or when We meet Him um, on Judgment Day after we pass from this earth. And Paul is saying there is no good work that we can do that can justify to God, I'm good to get to heaven. And you're like, oh no! That sounds sad. That sounds like there's no hope. We didn't finish reading yet. We, we didn't finish reading yet. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, and righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Paul is saying, listen, there's nothing we can do in our works, but Jesus Christ, which we will see in the next six chapters, willingly died for us as a propitiation, as someone as a substitute for our sins, so that day of judgment when God is judging, and we can say, but it's by God's grace, by, it's by His love, it's by the works on the cross that Jesus Christ did for me. And Paul goes on to say, this doesn't mean then we laugh at the law. We don't say, ah, let's abuse grace, what he is saying. And if you've been with us in this church on Sundays for the book of James study, the law is a mirror. And we look at that law and we see we fall short. But I thank Jesus Christ for the works that he's done for us. So I say all this to say, if you are in here tonight, and you are caught in a sin of pornography, if you are caught in a sin of sexual sin, if you are caught in any habitual sin, and you feel guilty, you feel ashamed, and you feel like there is no hope, there is hope in the blood of Jesus Christ. There is hope in the blood of Jesus Christ. He has forgiven you if you will allow Him, if you surrender to His life, if you have faith in what He has done. He's the one who can wash away my sins, your sins. And I know we're not singing that worship song, but the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can wash away our sins. So tonight, if in small groups or, or at any point you, you would like to talk to a leader, I, I want to let you know this is this is open conversation. We can talk about this. We can pray for you. We, we, we want to, to help you in whatever you may be dealing with sin-wise right now. But I, I don't want you walking away out of here as we define marriage and, and, and some of these things. I don't want you walking out of here feeling ashamed, not feeling love. We tell you this truth in love so you can know the hope that Christ has done for us all. Let's pray. I just thank you for tonight Lord God uh, uh. have mercy on me a sinner have mercy on all of us in here tonight Lord. God, this is a tough conversation, Lord. And maybe there are students in here who, who have heard what Your Word has to say as how You have defined marriage, Lord. And they receive it, Lord. And maybe there are some who are now confused or maybe even conflicted now because they hear what Your Word says, but they also hear what culture says, and they don't know what to do. Holy Spirit, can You please lead them to the truth? Can You please just open their eyes, open their hearts, open their ears to, to hearing and obeying the truth of Your Word, Lord God? As You've said that marriage is defined between a man and a woman. And that marriage is uh, is these two individuals coming together as one in so many ways, Lord. And if we do things outside of the way that you have created marriage, how you have defined marriage, Lord, and we don't follow that, we we sin, we cause damage and, and consequences to all that, Lord God, And maybe there's someone in here tonight, Lord, who who has sinned, who has not been faithfully pure in in some sexual uh, sin, Lord God, or any sin in general. God, I pray that they don't walk away feeling um, ashamed, that they don't walk away, uh, that we don't love you, that you don't love them. Lord, you died on the cross for the world you died for our sins and for those who believe and trust we are by grace saved God we didn't really talk about some of the issues when it comes to living in a broken home where where maybe divorce has happened And maybe there's some students in here tonight who, who are dealing with the heartbreak of divorce. And maybe there's some students in here tonight who, who feel like it's their fault that their parents got a divorce. God, I, I pray for peace in that situation. I, I pray that they recognize that it is nothing to do uh, with them as a student's Um As kids in the family, Lord, that they, that their parents got a divorce, Lord. But I also give you praise and thank you for, for restoring families. For restoring families. And I thank you for every student that is in here tonight, Lord, because maybe they have seen in their past and in their family a line of sexual sin, a line of broken marriages, and maybe there's this thought of, I'm never going to get married. I don't want to get married. I don't want to date because I've seen all the damage. I've seen all the baggage. I've seen all the hurts. I've seen all the lies. I've seen all the struggles. And I don't want to get married and I don't want to deal with any of that. God, let this be the generation that you break a generational curse, Lord God. That you break a generational curse of broken marriages, of broken relationships, Lord God. That people in this room can walk out into the culture and be lights for you, Jesus Christ, glorifying you, representing to you what marriage is supposed to look like according to God. God, I pray for our small groups tonight. I pray for meaningful conversation. I pray for honest and trustworthy conversations, Lord God. May all of us in here feel your love and your grace. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to.